Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 191 of Slamfire Radio for January 27th, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. You're the uh, awfully, um, you're the awfully mundane and subdued host this evening, aren't you? You sound like you're on late, <laughs> late night radio on some jazz station. Hello. You're listening voice. to WKRV 92 in Cincinnati. No, and let's let's listen to the smooth sounds of Kelly. Hello, this is Kelly. <laughs> no, we won't go there. Uh, it's This is Kelly Lynn. Hello, Hi. I'm back. Uh, oh, hello. And you're hello. back from, you were in Texas. Texas, yes. That's awesome. Y- y'all. 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 <laughs> you're going to tell us all about it, right? I am. Oh, good. I am going to tell y'all about it. See, good. y'all. Y'all. Yeah, you're, it's picking, you're picking up the lingo right off the bat. I, I've converted. <laughs> oh. I'm seriously ready to move down there. Oh, yeah? Was oh, yeah. the weather nice? <laughs> yeah, 20 degrees, no winter coats. It was uh, amazing. And and Sweet. for our American friends, she's talking Canadian. So what was it American? 70, 75. Oh, eight, yeah. 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 That exchange yeah. rate. All right, guys, we're packing it in. We're going to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but But, yeah, Trevor's not on tonight. He's, no. uh, yeah, he's he's what, he watched he uh, one of those episodes of uh, Doomsday Preppers, and that and one of the guys had more ammo than him, so I think he went to go get a truckload or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah, he can't uh, can't be beat. Nope. Yeah, Matthew, you're gonna introduce yourself, or oh yeah, I'm Matthew. <laughs> okay, I thanks. forgot about um, that. I was too busy making fun of you guys. <laughs> Well, now that we got that through, uh, why don't you start off with uh, what you did in Guns this week? You did things. I, I, I did things. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done things. Go. I've been busy with other things, but um, Matt Doucette, he's a, a local listener here in Edmonston, and he hasn't bought me Subway yet, by the way, just, uh, just saying. Um, Adriel seems to get all the food from the listeners. All I get is guns. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> poor you. Uh, poor, poor me. Poor yeah, Matthew. Matt. He's the guy that lent me his Volquartz infusion. So I did right, uh, a YouTube, right. yeah, YouTube review on that, and I still had it up until last week when I finally sent him a text message saying, "Dude, I still got your gun. You want to go to the range and we'll shoot it?" <laughs> so he <laughs> he had some time off finally, and we headed out to the range and uh, did some shooting. We didn't actually shoot the Volquartzin. We hey. shot more pistols than anything. He also just got himself an AR, Daniel Defense AR, so we shot that a little nice. bit too. Oh, cool. And I uh, played with my PAR, and, and I fired uh, my AR as well. But uh, we started off with uh, with pistols, and the reason being he has a, a dueling tree, a full-size six-plate <laughs> dueling tree, which is uh, a lot of fun. It's heavy. <laughs> but he managed to stick it in the back of his hatchback car, and uh, you know, I guess that was the extra weight he needed to, to get up the icy hill to the range. <laughs> So, That's awesome. So, yeah, we set that up and we played. And he's got a, a SIG, um, P226, I think, or similar. And, of course, I've got my Glock. And so we put it out as close as we could put it 
because of the way they shoveled the snow there. It was 15 meters, maybe, maybe more than 15 meters, so we couldn't get it any closer than that. So we were kind of stuck shooting six inch plates at, you know, what's three times 15? 45 feet. So yep. that's a that's a good distance to be shooting six inch mm-hmm. plates with a pistol. I mean, it's I mean, it's not hard by any stretch, but it's definitely you can't just pull out your gun and blaze away. You definitely have to take aim and make sure you concentrate on the on all the basics and whatnot. So um, we I you know, I had a had a, a rough start. I couldn't hit him for the first mag. I don't think, but you know, finally finally calmed down. And it's been a while since I've been shooting my pistol, so I finally dialed it in and I was able to hit them fairly consistently. Matt was having a bit of the trouble uh, of trouble with his sig and he he would hit them very very rarely and so i asked if i could if i could shoot the sig and of course he let me so with the sig i couldn't hit them either until i started using the left corner of his front sight as my aim point so his sights were actually off it wasn't his fault he was doing everything right his sights were actually not lined up properly so once we figured out where to hold we were shooting the plates fairly consistent, uh, consistently with the SIG as well. So that was fun. We, we went back and forth shooting the dueling tree. And then towards the end of the evening, he said, can I, sh- can I try your Glock? And I said, well, do you want to sell your SIG? He said, well, no. I said, well, you probably don't want to shoot my Glock then. And he laughed. <laughs> I said, fine, you can shoot my Glock. So I gave him the Glock. He <laughs> puts in a mag. There are six plates, and they're all on one side, and he fires, and yep. the first one goes just over the top of the plate. Uh-huh. That, you know, it's, the grip angle is different, you know, give him one, whatever. He proceeds to nail the next six, just bing, 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 like no, no problem at all. <laughs> he is so shocked that when he's done shooting, all the plates are on the other side. Instead of firing the last three rounds that are in the mag, he 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 racks them out of the gun. Like he's trying to unload and show clear, but he's so shocked that he nailed every single one that he's jacking live rounds out of the gun. Ah. <laughs> he's like three of them, right? Cause the slide finally locked back and he realized what he was doing, but we were laughing. He's like, um, yeah, I guess the SIG's for sale. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, is it for sale? <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know if it really is or not, but no. he really liked the Glock and, uh, he, he can shoot it just fine. I mean, at, uh, like I said, six shots, six plates, so that was fun. Good for him. Yeah, we uh, like I said, we also got the ARs out. He has a, a Daniel Defense AR, so uh, we we played with that for a little bit. He has an aim point on it, which is uh, I've never actually used an aim point before. I don't think. I mean, I've seen them before. I know what they are. It's just a red dot, but I've never actually fired a rifle with one on. So that was kind of cool. I got to shoot that, and um, then I fired mine, and I took my. Um, flash hider off and instead I put on the linear muzzle brake that oh crap I forget his name that buddy made for me what was his name he made it for me for the 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 Savage Mark 2 um no idea (laughs) I don't know I am so bad with names dude it's not like I don't like you or forget who you are I totally know who you are I'm just having like a total brain fart moment and I can't but can't place your name I'll look it up and I'll make sure I mention it in a second but holy crap the muzzle flash. Those flash hiders are effective, apparently. I have a picture. Um, Matt took uh-huh. a video, and I took a still from the picture. The muzzle flash is longer than the gun. Uh-huh. The blast out. <laughs> it was cool. The flame was just, it looked like a flamethrower. It was awesome. So I'm, obviously I'm going to have to take it off because, you know, I don't need to burn down ranges. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the length on the barrel? 
My sixteen inch, sixteen and a half. Really? Yeah, oh, really. I wonder why it's it's throwing that fireball like that. It's an amazing fireball, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should put that on the show notes. Yes, you should. Yeah. You, I think yeah. you have a copy over there, right? Yeah. yeah toss that in. Let the listeners look at that too, because that 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 was it was cool. Um, also, so that was that was my uh, my range trip with Matt. So that was a lot of fun. So so big shout out to Matt for uh, again for lending me his gun and for for coming out to the range with me. Um, I also met up with Mo. Uh, I don't know if he wants his last name mentioned, so I won't mention it. It's not the Mo that most people in New Brunswick would know when you're talking about Ipsic because. Um, we all know another Mo, but this is another Mo who shoots Ipsic, and he actually is fairly well known, and, and most of the guys do do know him. Um, and he he met me in Woodstock when I went down on Saturday to fly with Owen, and he wanted to see my PAR, so I brought my PAR so he could check that out, and he brought his HK UMP. Yeah. So that was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a really neat little gun. Um, he says that maybe in the spring he'll come back up and we'll meet out at the range again and uh, I can do a YouTube video on it, do a review and, uh, and uh, evaluation of it So for my channel. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to cool. blasting that because I've always loved the HK UMP. Just, uh, it's just a, it, you know, it's, it's the, the MP5 on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. So it's cute. It's cute. It's not cute. It's <laughs> freaking 45 it's, cal bad well, freaking yeah. gun. Uh, rawr, bang! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, uh, I I had a lot of fun with guns this week. I it it I, I need to get back out there, do some more shooting. I miss it. Yay. So anyway, yeah, that's what I did. Trevor, what did you do this week in in guns? Oh, I did uh, lots of stuff. I uh, played with my bow and uh, also the bow. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know who's next. Who, who's next? Adriel, you're... Adriel. I'm next. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Uh, I put a bunch of guns up for sale because i got to make some room in my gun cabinet. I've actually got to figure out uh, what guns I'm going to review kind of over 2017. So I've got uh, oh, I got, I got an idea as to which ones I want to do. But uh, if there's any listeners out there with any other ideas on stuff that they think I should review, uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Um, Let's see. I ordered 16 eBay headlamps because uh, wow. they're cheap and because I kind of wanted to do a torture test of some kind. Uh, and they're they're like all different models and whatnot. So I'm going to I'm gonna do some torture testing on them, see how long they last with batteries, see how long they last with water on them, maybe sandblast them. I don't know. That kind of thing. <laughs> see how they do. <laughs> they've, they've got some really ridiculous claims on like the lumens they put out and whatnot. So we'll test that too if I can. Uh and then I got yeah, the, uh, the Slamfire the... morale patches. Sorry, go I'm ahead. Actually, I'm not muted. Sorry, I thought I might have been muted there, so I stopped myself because uh, I didn't know if you guys heard me. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> the one of my biggest pet peeves with flashlights and stuff is they say, oh, 4,000 million lumens, and you get it home and you turn it on, and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's like the weakest light. One of them light. said 50,000, and yeah, the, the, by my math, the best it can do is 5,000. So. <laughs> yeah, 50,000, my butt. That's Here, shine it in your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be uh, fun. Uh, and then I got the uh, the Slamfire morale patches and stickers in, so I'll uh, yeah I'll send those out to the uh, Patreonies that have uh, uh, you know subscribed or whatnot. So I've got like there's some there's some just straight up sticker stickers, and then there's like these little two by two morale patches that you can stick to whatever you got that's got Velcro on it, kind of thing. So I'll start uh, 
collecting people's addresses. So if you see me emailing you asking for an address, that's why. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'll get those out. Cool. Uh, Kelly, what you what you do in guns this week? Or well, last uh, last two weeks? Last two weeks? I put it at a lady show. Did you guys hear it? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matthew, I know you didn't listen. <laughs> but, there was ladies and there was hunting and there was all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, there was all <laughs> sorts of things. But I just wanted to say thanks again to Don Dealey and Kelly Kincaid and uh, Stacey Penland for, for coming on because it was awesome. I recorded it the Monday before I left, so and, and you guys were good enough to put it on. So it was great. They talked all about hunting and that. So, uh, the other thing that I did was I traveled 5,000 miles to Waco, Texas, and I attended an instructor boot camp or an instructor training camp. Uh, They have these for Appleseed, and uh, the reason why uh, I went, as well as a couple of other people went, is because we're bringing back the Appleseed program, and we're uh, going to be doing Mapleseed. You're going to do one in New Brunswick, right? uh, Maybe. Stay tuned. And Alberta. Yeah. And maybe stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the one thing that I did want to talk about. Um, we are up and running with the Maple Seed uh, or Project Maple Seed website. Uh, Adriel, can you add these to the show notes as well? I, think I am they're... doing that as we speak. Awesome. So, Project Maple Seed is fashioned after Project uh, Apple Seed. And yeah, so the the website is live. Uh, you can go there and sign up uh, for with your email for status updates. And also the Facebook page, we opened that up to the public as well. You can go there. It's just ma- Maple Seed. Uh, you can go there and uh, sign up for updates there as well. We are currently um, basically we're we're looking at sh- confirming shoot dates and we'll be sending out updates about that soon. So it's awesome. There's a, a core group of us that have gone down and done these instructor boot camps. We're going to another one next month in Michigan. And yeah, so starting in April and May, we should be uh, doing shoots. We'll confirm this. We'll confirm the shoot sites and dates uh, with people and send out the information. So hopefully We'll have it across the country soon. Maybe not all the way across the country this year, but I know in Ontario and maybe some other provinces as well. Alberta. (laughs) Alberta? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) We have to see. All right. Uh, Train train Matthew or uh, Trevor, and they can do one when they come down at the same time. Hey, you know what? That's a plan. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, So, yeah. Well, Alberta is how many days from Ontario? Because that's where we all are right now. All the instructors are in Ontario and um, Montreal. So we did three days of straight driving to go to Waco. Four days of straight driving to go to Alberta, maybe? Mm, I don't know. It's probably like 1,000, 1,600 kilometers, that kind of thing. Oh, it's more than that. I've done it. Mm. It's a couple of days. Anyways, so, yeah, we we. We drove for a long, long time to go to, to Waco. Had a great time, met some incredible people down in Texas. But along the way, what we did was, I uh, remember I was telling you I did an itinerary of where we were going to stop and, and different things like that. Well, we stopped and saw some of our friends that are in the podcasting world and also shooting world. Uh, we saw Sticks and Edith, and who's from the Armed Squirrels podcast. We saw them in Memphis. We uh, attended the... 
boot camp with Tim Crosno and spent a few days in San Antonio with him and his wife, which was amazing. And then we went uh, to Red Ranches, which is in Ohio. Oh, and we, before I forget, we, we started off our journey and we stayed with Stacy, the Appleseed Princess. Um, who else did we see in Ohio? Oh yeah, Brian Shoots. Sheets came over from, he's the guy from um, Valkyrie Defense. Uh, so we had, we saw a lot of people that that are our friends and had some great times with them. Uh, in Memphis, did you guys see the picture of the Bass Pro in Memphis that I had posted at all? Uh, no. Yes. Maybe. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. This um, Bass Pro it is a um, huge, it's like probably three or four times the size I've ever seen of a Bass Pro. It's also a pyramid. And inside of the Bass Pro are, um, is a tower, and you can oversee, you can go up the tower and you can see Memphis, but it is just huge. Uh, the other part of the Bass Pro is a hotel. So the hotel is a five-star hotel, and all the rooms have balconies that face into Brass Pro and you can oversee everything in it. It's really, really cool. So if you ever go to Memphis, check out the Bass Pro shop. Um, the only thing that I was not overly excited about was they have no women's wear in there. Like, they have camo nighties, but they don't <laughs> but they don't have any shooting gear for women. So I was going to write them a, a note saying, hey, you need women's shooting gear. Um, yeah. Uh I did not shoot any guns while I was in Texas or any along the trip at all. So I had how to come did, back. How did you not shoot guns while you were I, there? I don't know. Well, the boot camp or the instructor's camp, it was, you got to do rifle review. So we did check out, you know, the standard rifles that everybody brings. Um, and funny story was there's an M1 grant. So there's like, Five of each gun. There's a 1022s. There's Marlins. There's all kinds of them. Anyways, the M1 Grands. I went over to it, and the guy that was there said, "Now, this is heavy for a lady, so you might not want to." And I'm going, <laughs> "Really?" So, yeah, I, yeah, just checked it out and, and played around with it. And I said, "Nope, we're good." Uh, yeah, it was fun. But so we did do rifle reviews, but uh, it was not a shooting it wasn't a shooting um competition and it wasn't uh anything that was with live fire so we weren't allowed to bring down anything to it and yeah we did troubleshooting uh on the rifles but and rifle review but we did not shoot anything it's kind of sad actually but uh we waited until we came back though and i did go to the range on sunday and guess what I shot my Deutschwerk Model 1. You know the little rifle that I bought recently? It was the little uh, single um, shot one? Yep. Well, I shot it, and really, Matthew, you you need to shoot this. You would love it. Okay. Absolutely love it. It was lots of fun. It, um, yeah, super accurate, tiny as can be, but uh, it was so much fun. And super quiet, too. Almost uh, you couldn't hear it at all. Um, yeah. Uh, what else did I do? I took my 1022 out, shot the MQTs. We wanted to get those. I did not a bad job of shooting uh, the MQT, which is the maple seed uh, qualifying test, by the way. Um, did a really good job with it, except for when I was in seated, because after I went and checked out the targets, I shot Kevin's and not mine. So, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
but other than that, it was it was good. And uh, yeah, so the other thing, this is like Trevor. Holy crap! It's like half yeah, an hour it's long. Great, keep going. It's fine. I mean, you <laughs> went to Texas and did a bunch of stuff. You're allowed to talk about it. Besides, Trevor's not on, so it's perfect. That's true. It saves yeah. ha- his half an hour. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, of the Gunny, uh, the Gunny Girl calendars are still available. Go and check that out. I think they're still at. Uh, at uh, 20 bucks and that's on the ccfr website uh but the other thing that we're doing as well is also go over to the ccfr uh, uh, facebook page because i have a survey that's on there and i'm going to post it again but what we're doing is gathering information from across canada um from anybody um basically about what people want to see uh, at their clubs for women's programming. We're trying to develop some women's programs. So there's a survey there. I think it's probably about six or seven questions long. Fill it out. Ask can range what they want as well. But more information that we have, the better it's going to be and the more programs that we can actually develop. So I think that's it for me. Holy macaroni. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, so if you, were to, if you were to drive, uh, it would take 31 hours. <laughs> 31 hours. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. That's, that's two long days. Yeah. Only 3,000-some kilometers. We did 12, we did 10 to 12 hours a day driving. Because mm. you do have to stop for gas and you have to stop to eat. By that's, the way, uh, nah, nah. barbecue. I had barbecue three times a day. Like, serious. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, this place called Rudy's, the cream corn, you got to have it. Mm. Mm. Sweet. Mm. Three times a day. Yeah, corn is good. <laughs> I like corn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's Anything it. Else? I'm done. No, I think I'm All done. Right. Mm. <laughs> Let's move on to the upcoming events corn. then. The <laughs> cream corn event <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the 7th Annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot is on Saturday, July 8th, 2017 at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club. I guess we can stop saying 2017 and we can just assume it now, right? Yeah, we're, we're now here in 2017. We're, we're there, yeah. Uh, it's going to be hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. And the charity is Many to One. Uh, the next one we have here is the Got Your Six charity shoot. It's a second annual precision rifle competition, July 22nd to 23rd in Edson, Alberta. Funds raised will go to the War Horse Awareness Foundation, and you can find out more information at www.gotyoursixshoot.com. Summer Slam XI? Z, pronounced Z. Z? Summer Slam Z is being held at the Resta, Restaguchi uh, Gun Club. R- August yes, 15th. you nailed that. Yes, Restaguchi. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, going, uh, yeah. He's having a stroke right now. To this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm giving him a stroke in the future. Ah, it's a superpower. Uh, it's going to happen <laughs> August 5th and 6th. Uh, it's going to be a level three. It's going to be 16 stages, approximately 300 rounds. Registration is now open. Cost is $160, $140 if you pay through EMT. So pay through EMT. Uh, the next one we have here is the CAPS Use of Force training. It'll be $400 plus taxes. Uh, this will be with Dave Young. October 14th and 15th in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. Go to caps-training.com forward slash sign dash up to register today or just Google it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's 15 seats total and there's only 12 left. Do you know – oh, sorry, sorry. Don't, don't mean to interrupt at all, but – well, actually, I do. But the SummerSlam, is it sold out or no? Do you know? I don't think it's sold out yet. Mm, no. Okay. What about the Alberta 
have we talked about that? The Oblivion. Uh, the Ferlatte? Yeah, it's, it's all the Ferlacci ones. Uh, and, and that's why it's been removed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a waiting list, so it's probably not any point in advertising yeah. anymore. Sorry yep. about that. that uh, no, <laughs> that's fine. That doesn't bother me any. <laughs> just saying we don't need to. I don't mind mentioning it. <laughs> okay. I'm just Wait. getting up to speed. Cool. I've cool, been. Cool. I'm on Waco time right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, speaking about uh, events in the states and Waco time. Uh, Shot show happened while we're uh, while we've been away. So why don't we talk about some of the uh, announcements that happened there? Sure. Um, okay, there was a bunch of guns that were announced. Some of them were just a little bit before Shot Show, and they kind of leaked. Some of them were at Shot Show. Uh, one of them was the Savage MSR uh, 10 and MSR 15 series. What do you guys think of the uh, Savage ARs? Um, is it mm-hmm. an AR? <laughs> yes. So that's cool. I like ARs. <laughs> Would you buy it? Would you buy a Savage brand AR? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if I want an AR, I I want something from like Daniel Defense or you know Troy or you know I want something that has a sort of a name History. to it, like Savage. If I'm gonna get a Savage, I'm gonna like get a hunting rifle or a 22 or I don't know. It just doesn't. They don't seem to be the AR type of people. It's like I I don't think I'd ever buy a Remington AR, one of those R51s or whatever they're called. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, that's not, to me anyway, that's just my personal feelings on that. Well, maybe, they're, maybe they'll be really accurate or something. I mean, Savage Bolt Action Rifles are known for their accuracy, so maybe it'll be accurate and inexpensive. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We got, I got some MSRPs here from the website. Looks like they're MSR, uh, MSR 10 Hunter, which is a 308 AR-10 kind of a model, is $1,481. Mm-hmm. And the patrol is eight fifty two, and the recon is nine ninety nine. Oh, they also have an MSR long range, which is twenty two eighty four. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. They yeah. recon anyways. Interesting. Looks like they went M lock for the uh, four end because it's mm-hmm. not key mod, and their basic one looks like it's got some. That's not Magpul. Looks like Magpul though. Yeah, it's the collapsible stock, carbine stock. Uh, Blackhawk uh, Knox. It is uh, flip-up sights, uh, free-floating M-lock handguard, yeah, and AR blaze trigger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the trigger and the barrel's really good. I mean, that's that's what I would be looking for for, for an AR-15. I, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, Matthew. I wouldn't buy a Remington one, but a Savage one that had a good price and maybe... Maybe they did a lot of volume. I don't know. There's a lot of people that make ARs. Yeah. Well, well they, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they sent you one to do a review on, you wouldn't go, right? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably shoot it. Yeah. Maybe you throw would. it in some barrels and uh, do all that kind of thing at three gun with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that guy. Um, Savage also released their B series rimfire rifles. Matthew or, or Kelly, have you guys played around with their. Um, uh, B mag or any of their rifles that use that ten round rotary? Mm, no. no. Is it so uh, is it like the Ruger rotary? Uh, I think the I I prefer the Ruger rotary to the Savage one. The Ruger mm-hmm. one is uh, just feels better constructed than the Savage one, at least for the B mag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's what these rifles are made to use is a is a rotary style magazine like those ones. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with the the Savage 
uh, 93s for their 17 uh, HMR or, or the, you know, just the standard Savage uh, 22 bolt actions. They're uh-huh. inexpensive. Um, I guess the magazine sticks out and, and it doesn't stick out on this one because it uses a rotary mag instead. Yeah, it's but, flush. Yeah. Ah, it's not really a deal breaker to me. I mean, it's neat, but I don't know that it's a reason to to do a whole new series. Of, oh, apparently Savage knows something I don't because <laughs> they thought it, they thought it was a reason to to create a whole new series of rifles. Well, it's a nice looking rifle. Yeah. And I yeah. really do like flush mags. Yeah. I mean, I that's the one thing that I really like about the 1022 is that the mag is completely flush with the bottom of the stock. So when you sling it over your shoulder, you're never getting jammed in the shoulder blades with the with the magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do yeah. you guys? What do you guys think of the top tang safety? Um, yeah. I don't mind them. No? No, they're all right. Yeah, okay. I prefer yeah. a, a one on the trigger guard, but you, yeah, know, me it's, too. you get used to it. I like a tang safety except where you've got like a, a pistol grip or something like that. <laughs> they don't make it. Yeah, sense. it makes mm. no sense then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's got an accurate trigger as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got Not their... Bad. Uh, 93R17BVTS, I think, is what it's got a. Oh, yeah, a hard, the BVTS. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's their heavy barrel uh, thumbhole stock 17 HMR. It's a laser. Uh, Trevor was using it actually when we went to uh, gopher hunting uh, uh, during the summer. And I don't know. There's nothing like. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just look. The, here's the thing: companies have to continue to make new products, or else they're viewed as going stale, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So as long as they don't get rid of what's good, and they just keep adding stuff to it, I mean, that's a good way to make sure that your your company is you know stays current and you know taking advantage mm-hmm. of new and modern technologies and whatnot. So I, I mean, I got no problem with that. Just don't get rid of the good stuff that you've already been making as long yeah. as this. You know, until you can prove that these new rifles are just as good or better. You know, once you prove that, then you can drop off the the previous line. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just so well known for their their rifles now. I would hate for them to to replace them with something that was inferior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, well, the next the next one we had up here was this Reming the new Remington striker fired polymer <laughs> pistol. Because I mean, we need another one of those, we, right? We, it's a good thing. Yes. I mean, we're we're kind of running out of polymer striker fired pistols. I mean, there's just the Glock, right? There's Basically, no yeah, other... just the Glock, yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's in on the game now. So they yeah. they have a good track record with making polymer frame striker fire pistols, right? Remington does. They're they're good at, at this. Uh, yeah. Not exactly, hey? Not uh, so good at it. Uh, so yeah, how, how do well, they do this time? That's okay. Well, it depends who you ask. Um, it, it seems that some people had some really good luck with them, and then... Um, mm-hmm. Military Arms Channel um, didn't have very good luck with his. Um, he was noting a couple issues, like the uh, uh, the Ambi slide release. Uh, when you press down on the right hand side, it just flexed and it didn't actually release the slide. Oh. Um, he was having uh, issues with the ammo not going into battery, and there's one other one. Oh, his uh, it was really weird. I don't I don't know. Like this might just be his gun. That might it's it might not be indicative at all of 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 the pistols out there. But he was having an issue where his his rounds were nosing down in the mag. The back of the of the round was going up, and it was jamming up the slide to the point where you couldn't you couldn't pull the slide back. You actually have to release the magazine and then get 
you know, your extracted uh, uh, case and whatnot out. So, do um, you think that was a magazine issue? It Obviously. could. It could be. Um, mm. you, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, that's out there. So, I, I would. I would really like if you know what would be cool is if one of these or or a couple of these companies came out with a system. Where, okay, now they've got a system that is like uh, a slide that operates on a lower, and now they can all build them to different specs so that some, you know, one could build like a really accurate one, and one could mm-hmm. build one in 40. One can, because the, the problem that I have right now is, okay, Remington's got a striker fired pistol, so does Walther, so does everyone. Everyone's now making one of these things. Nothing's compatible between them all. And the aftermarket, uh, uh, retailers can't support it. They can't support having a, a new trigger or a new slide release or new barrels for all these different guns out there. Well, I think the problem with, with, I mean, that's a great idea, but I think patents are going to be infringed if they start doing stuff like that. Nobody wants to give that up and, and share that mm-hmm. with competitors, yeah. right? So, But they're all they're all doing the same thing. They're look, all like, here, if, here's if you the pull thing. the slide off and, if, and take a look. If you want aftermarket compatibility with your striker-fired polymer-framed handgun, you buy a Glock. <laughs> yeah, that is the answer. <laughs> because all of the parts are available, aftermarket and otherwise, all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, you can build an entire Glock by ordering separate parts. The only thing you would have to special order, I guess, would be the frame with the serial number on it. But everything else is available as just a part. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's 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 one of the things is that's that like if you really want to use your gun, that's that should be what you can expect. Yeah. Uh, you can expect it with the AR-15 platform because everyone builds them to, yep. you know, the same uh, the same platform. Um, it would be nice to see Remington and some of these guys just I don't know like join up and and mm. build a platform and then make them make different yeah. versions of them. Right? Yeah. It's almost like that. You you know that you you've got one of those uh, or at least you shot one of them. The ISSC 22s. Yep. Um, so the ISSC made them and shoots made them. And there was one other manufacturer that, that made a version of that. Oh, and they're all interchangeable. Uh, I don't know that they're all interchangeable. Oh. They're all based on the same platform. Oh, okay. So like you buy the quality version that you like. So if you want like the, the high quality, uh, version, you go for the end shoots. If you want the, the one that looks like the scar, you buy that version. So and I don't know. Want- there's. The M&P 1522 be, I mean, that fires at a battery. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you buy that version. Yeah. No, I'm no, I mean, sorry. you're right. I mean, there is precedent out there. I mean, car manufacturers do this on a semi-regular basis. Um, you know, two cars from two different manufacturers, but they're the exact same car. I mean, that, it's a, it is a good way to have, you know, parts across uh, across different platforms. And if you have that interchangeability, like you said, Adriel, you, can, you could build sort of like your dream gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you could have uh, you know better accessory availability out there. I just yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine like everyone uh, probably had this idea once they saw the uh, M and P starting getting successful. They'd be like, oh, maybe there's room for another uh, polymer striker fire pistol out there. And I mm-hmm. think we're seeing that they all had that idea at the same time, yeah. and they all decided to build. Um, you know, just their own version of it. CZ's got their own, you know. But, but if you take the slides off them, they're all striker-fired. they all got a, a striker block in it. They're all using some sort of trigger hinge deal in there somewhere. They're all yep. doing the same thing. They really are. Yeah. It'd be nice, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be nice if, if they, I don't know, weren't. And they, they 
had more uh, more availability, more accessories. I mean, I've got the FNS, and I you know try to find a trigger for that or something, right? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there's the uh, that's the Remington. Um, yeah. What about the uh, Magpul X22 Backpacker? Mm. Oh, that's that new stock, right, for the 1022 takedown rifle? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it looks cool. I like, uh, like you mentioned earlier, and by earlier, I mean before we started recording, uh, the fact that you can store extra mags in the buttstock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think, yeah, three, uh, three of those ten rounders. The that, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, that well, I mean, not like we can put twenty-five rounders in them anymore anyway, because we're in Canada and stupid Canada. <laughs> Gosh, what a stupid rule. Ask me it's, how I yeah. feel about this. How do you really feel about I it? I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a neat looking rifle, though. I mean, I like. Well, it it's is. not a rifle. Sorry, it's a. It's a neat looking stock for that rifle. It sort of takes the the fore end and makes it quite a bit shorter and more compact. So the you, you're. It's going to be a little bit lighter and a little bit less wasted space, I guess. And mm-hmm. I got on top of that a little less hand. There are places to put your hand, but you know it's a it's a takedown rifle. It's not supposed to be. You got to have compromise somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think the uh, the way the forehand kind of like mates up with the bottom of the uh, stock at the back there. At least at least that's going to hold them together while they're like in your backpack or whatever. That's right? right, and that I think is the biggest advantage this stock has over the Ruger stock is the fact that they connect together when it's taken apart, so you don't have mm. two separate chunks rattling around in your backpack. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Trevor, I'm not buying you one, no matter what you shave. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a takedown 1022 anyway. No, he doesn't. But he bought. I don't. We're just not going to go there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> have you guys seen the uh, the Hudson H9? I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop looking at it. I can't stop wanting one. I want one. You want one? Yep. I want to shoot one. I want to. What's that? Are you going to buy it? I might, depending on what the price point is. I mean, it can't be ridiculously crazy, or I'll just say, "Nah, my Glock's good." But so, like, I, I I've looked at it, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I understand. What's what's the allure to it? What is what's uh, what's drawing you to it? Well, two things. One is it apparently has an amazing trigger, like a 1911 esque trigger, which is and anybody who shot a 1911 will like the worst 1911 trigger is better than the best Glock trigger, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's got an amazing trigger, and it has an extremely low bore axis, and on top of that, it has a really low recoil impulse. Not low as in small, but as in low on your hand. So it really helps the gun shoot really flat. Yeah, and the flipperosity. Got... The flipperosity I... quotient is going to be low. Let's say. Do you know what what's um, Do you know why the dust cover is shaped the way it is? I yes. have no idea. Yes. Oh, oh, good. It's, it's because that's where the recoil spring is. It's down in line uh. with the front of the trigger guard. Instead of being on top of it, the recoil uh. spring is actually in front of the trigger guard, which presses the gun straight back into your hand instead of uh-huh. flipping it up and rotating it around your wrist. Ah, uh-huh. that yeah. makes sense. I yeah. thought it. I thought they were just trying to do like some no, nope. like that. Equilibrium movie or something like that, make it look sweet. <laughs> no, that's uh, that. No, that's the reason why they did that. Cool. Mm. Yep. So it's I want to very... shoot one. I want to see how. I mean, I've seen video of it being shot, and it looks like it's really, really flat shooting. But you really can't tell until you shoot it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So I want. I want to get my hands on one and shoot it and and see uh, see how it goes. How it does. Cool. Very square looking. Anyways, 
Very yep. futuristic. Yes. What about the, uh, okay, we talked a little bit about the MMP2, but Kelly, you actually got to see one of these? I did. So when I was at the Pyramid of a Bass Pro store, they had it there. Unfortunately, I was not able to handle it uh, because there were some customers there that were taking up the the salesperson's times. But it was a very nice looking gun. Uh, it, it was in the flat dark earth or the baby poop color. Um the the retail price on it at the Bass Pro Shop bar was, I believe it was seven fifty ish, seven fifty ish, yeah. Um, but then again, uh, Bass Pro uh, in the states is a little bit more expensive than at other stores. So, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, it was a nice looking gun. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to handle it though. So I would have liked to have been. Yeah, I would have. I would have been curious about the trigger pull on it and whether yeah. it's like vastly improved. Yeah, no. That's, I mean, that's that's the MMP 9s biggest downfall, right? Is the mm -hmm. the trigger. So if the 2.0 has got a better trigger, then it's going to be mm -hmm. better. Just like that. Just period. If if they've improved nothing else, but the trigger, they will have done mm -hmm. well. But mm -hmm. yeah, until we actually get a chance to pull it ourselves. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think uh, Tre Trevor was really raving about this next one here. <laughs> oh, he really wants one of these. Yep. He wants one uh, in every yeah. color. <laughs> and there are many. There are many colors. I think his That's... favorite is the white and teal. That's horrendous. Yes. Uh, we're, of course, that, talking we're... about the Taurus Spectrum. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, it's 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 quite a quite uh, you know aside from the color you know it's got a lot of advantages. Um, no, I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. The price. The price. It's got a good price, so it's like less than three hundred U.S. Right. That's so it. That's a good price. But I mean, it's got a really potent caliber. You know, three eighty. <laughs> nope. It's got a. No. I mean, it's not a revolver, so it's got a high round count. You can carry lots more, like six. Nope. Um. Oh, okay. It, because it's a semi-auto, you're gonna have a better trigger pull. Mm, nope. nope. Double action only. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you should get a. Revolver. It's very sleek. It is sleek. It, it, it's yeah. thinner than a revolver. We'll give it that. And it's colorful. I think Trevor wants it, one. It is mm -hmm. colorful. There, there's a few different colors you can get. Yeah. There's well a whole rainbow according to the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. I'm I good. don't want one. <laughs> Look, they did a couple of things right. They did. There's no safety, which on a double-action-only pistol, you don't need a safety. So they did yeah. that right. All of the lines are smooth and rounded, which means they're not going to catch on clothing and whatnot. I mean, this is this That's is true. designed as a carry pistol. So yep. it's yeah, very well-rounded. We're not, well we're not, really, the, we're not really the target market here, right? We really yeah. aren't. But I wanted to actually give some of the pros. Um <laughs> You know, it, it, it is a semi-auto, which means quick reloads. So even though it's only got six rounds and a revolver's only got six rounds, I can shoot 12 out of this faster than you can shoot 12 out of a revolver because I can reload the mag just by swapping a mag. So, I mean, uh -huh. there's, there's that. It, it's, it looks like it's got a fairly low bore axis. It's not the best I've seen, but it's not terrible. So, I mean, this would be a... The, you know, they're obviously, in my opinion, targeting the female demographic here. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of girls want guns that are pretty no. and cute. I know you don't. <laughs> some girls like, like this, this will be pocketable, right? It's yeah. definitely pocketable. Yeah. So, What's cyan? Yeah. Just asking. Yeah. What color is cyan? Um, it's blue, like pink, green, orange. Maybe it's blue. <laughs> it could be gray. 
You can fit seven rounds in it with the uh, mag extension, just with saying. The, right. Well, you can fit seven in a revolver if you drill an extra hole. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, Cyan's like a blue, I think. A bluey green. Okay. If, if you were serious. No. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So they've also got mauve. And, what about, uh, what about fuchsia? Know. Do they have fuchsia? No. Ah, oh, see, now they're missing out because fuchsia's a color. To mark it all to itself, fuchsia uh, color. Uh, yeah. Did you guys see anything else at uh, Shot Show that piqued your interest? I didn't go. Me neither. Okay. Well, uh, there's pictures <laughs> on the internet. I mean. Right. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, no. Uh, right. No. Yeah. Not really. Nice. Uh-huh. I'm sure that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. I was going to say that people are still sending things out. All the stuff that they've seen. Um, but there hasn't been really anything else that has intrigued me anyways. I, I really think this S three thirty three volley fire is something we should get after. You guys see that? No. Is that the pistol with what is it, six barrels and it fires six non rotating barrels. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you pull the trigger and two rounds fire and you pull it again, the next two rounds fire, and then you pull it again the next two rounds fire. So you're shooting two at a time. And it's 25 ACP. So the reason why it's two at a time is because it's 25 ACP. <laughs> but if you shoot two at a time, isn't that the same as shooting a 50? Yeah. Because yeah. 25, 25 plus 25, 25. is 50. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's potent uh, firepower in your pocket. That's, I got a 50 cal in here. You do? Well, two, two, <laughs> two 25s. And that's basically 50. <sighs> the, you should see the sights on this sucker. That Those are some pretty finessing sites. You, you people need to Google this if, if you're listening and you don't know what the S333 is. Yeah, check that out. That's um, a beast. <laughs> oh, Matthew, you're uh, awesome. I know, right? Oh, cool. sorry. I'm not very gracious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's humble. I'm All humble, right. yes. No, I'm very humble. I'm, <laughs> you are. You, you, I am proud you really of, are. I'm proud of how humble One I am. One of the most humble people. You know what's another cool-looking gun? Is the Flight what? Light MXR. Do you guys see that? No. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, either a 22 or a 45. So, oh, no, sorry. It's chambered in 9, but you can convert it to 22 or 45. That's what piqued my interest, 22. It's a it's a sort of submachine gunny looking type gun, sort of with the cross of an AR built in. Huh. Pretty cool looking. Hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of really cool stuff there. Yeah. I don't know. Sweet. Well, that's probably enough shot show. Right. Um, why don't we uh, Why don't we move on to our main topic? And for our main topic, we're speaking with Graham. Uh, Graham is a precision shooter in BC. His shooting team came in second at the National Service Conditions Competition in the precision rifle category. He's also got a blog called amputeeshooter.com. Welcome to the show, Graham. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. <laughs> I think the last time we uh, were on a podcast together was on Modern Rifleman Radio. Yep, that was you know, right about six or eight months ago, maybe a little yeah, longer. That was a while back there. Yeah, it's been but, a while. Uh, yeah, it was a good, th- good time, and I, I, I can't believe it's taken this long to get you onto our show. <laughs> it's, uh, I've had a bit of a, a lull in sort of activities in the last uh, six months, well, five months since NSCC ended. I've kind of taken a bit of a break. Now I'm getting back into it. 2017 is going to shape up to be a pretty, pretty decent year, I think. Awesome. Well, like, why, don't we, uh, why don't we start from the start? Uh, how did you get into shooting? 
I got into shooting, shooting in general or shooting precision? Hmm. How about shooting in general just to start with? Okay, sure. I started shooting um, with my friends. I've, I've been around uh, firearms in and out a little bit in the last 10 years or so. And uh, I would say about six or eight years ago, I started shooting with my friends. And we'd go up and do the, the regular gravel pit and stuff like that. And uh, we'd um, bang away with our SKSs or their SKSs. And it would be a disaster. We'd clean up, but not everybody else would. So in Crown Land, people don't take a, a lot of um, respect respect for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was finding that it wasn't really fulfilling the need that I had when it came to guns. Um, I ended up getting my firearms license shortly after that and uh, did pretty much what every Canadian did and picked up an SKS and uh, <laughs> went out to the bush and blasted away. It wasn't really doing it, wasn't really doing it for me. There was no challenge. Um, I, I wanted to have some purpose towards the shooting that I was doing. And so um, I ended up buying a Remington 700 and taking it out to, again, the bush, but uh, the bush up in Headley with a friend, and he brought me out to a spot that was like about, yeah, I would say, five, 600 meters, and we set up some steel targets, and I spent an afternoon trying to hit the steel targets um, successfully after about a, an hour and a half or so. It was uh, it was pretty good. Um, ended up getting pretty hooked on that after the fact, and kind of it spiraled from there. I decided I wanted to be uh, to, to shoot precision and figured out uh, that I needed to get some instruction pretty quick. Awesome. So you went st- you went straight from the SKS to the to the precision rifle then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I owned an SKS and a 1022 at the time. Uh, I took the 1022 and fitted it with a bull barrel and put a different stock on it so it was a bit more robust and uh, shot that quite a bit and then took my Remington 700 and shot it as far as I could at the time and um it provided uh, it provided that outlet that I was looking for the the purpose behind why I shot. Awesome. Uh, is that uh, Remington 700 your current shooting rig, or, or what are you shooting right now? So I've got two rifles actually. Um, I, I built up a, a surgeon a surgeon action in six millimeter competition match, which is a 243 Wildcat. Um, it sends a uh, 105 grain Burger downrange at about 3,200 feet per second. So it's a, it's a zippy little round. Um, yeah. or, unfortunately, I ended up having some pressure problems with it that I couldn't solve before uh, heading back to Ottawa this year, or last year, I should say. So I ended up taking my Remington 700, which is based, uh, it's a 308. So I took that, had it rebarreled, had it restocked, bedded, put some bottom metal on it, and uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty accurate gun. I, I quite like it. Um, the 308 will get you out there for most of the competitions around here. Um, and it'll get you out there for the competitions in Ottawa, which is good. I mean, we shoot out to 800 meters, and it uh, it loses a bit of its velocity and accuracy out there, but it still managed to do okay for me. Awesome. So, uh, just speaking about that 308 and maybe the uh, uh, the Wildcat that you've got going, uh, I assume you reload. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I reload. Uh, so, what's your wild... uh, what's your regiment like? Trevor and I uh, uh, discuss a little bit about you know the the depth that you need to get into and like case prep and that kind of thing. What's what's your process? Um, I've done a lot of reading and research and bouncing ideas off of the people that are, are close to me, sort of thing. Like uh, Ryan and I talk quite frequently about reloading because we're both uh, we're both loading for the same caliber with the 243 Wildcat. The, um, case prep, I, I find, is is pretty pretty crucial. I don't I don't go into the same sort of depth as as say like an F class shooter, getting into like turning necks and sorting by water weight and stuff like that. But I make sure that the that the brass is looking nice. That 
uh, like all the primer pockets are uniformed. Um, trim length is identical along the whole line of brass that I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. And, um, you know, I chamfer the mouth and I, I deburr the, the, the mouth as well. So, um, there's a, there's a few steps and it takes me a little bit of time to do, but I don't really, I don't invest like the, the serious, serious time like some of the F-Class guys do. Mm-hmm. Well, and what kind of, uh, what kind of press are you running? I've got a Forster Coax. Um, I don't have a, a progressive. I just got a single stage. Um, I was using a, a rock chucker, but I found that it was a bit awkward for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like the look of the, the Forster and I, I, I read some reviews on it. It's, it seemed to come back with um, very, very positive reviews in, in the precision world because it was quite accurate with the way that the, the handle works. It's, it's, uh, it's straight up and down through the middle so that you get a, a bit more of a, an accurate up and down motion with the, with the, with the press. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with uh, uh, precision or especially with rifle, uh, when you're doing precision, it's, uh, I, I think it's better just to run single stage as well. Um, you like what, what size batches you're running? Probably like 50, a hundred kind of a thing. Um, it depends on if I'm doing load development or if I'm doing uh, match prep or if I'm just doing a range trip, if it's a range trip, I'll do maybe 50. Um, if it's a match, uh, however many I need for the, the weekend or the day and, and then some, and if there's, if there's walkbacks available to, to get our, um, to get our, our, our zeros for the day, then I'll, I'll have enough for that day as well. So, uh, I can do them in upwards of 200. Batch to two hundred. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, how long have you been doing the the precision rifle game? I mean, it's it sounds like you're you're seeing some really good success. Have you uh, have you been doing it for long? No, no. I've uh, on the grand scheme of things, I've been doing I've been doing it for about three years, maybe. I've been shooting for four, so I've had my pal for four years. It needs to be renewed this year. So yeah, that sounds about right. I've been shooting for about four years and precision for about three. <laughs> That's some pretty good results for uh, <laughs> for three years of shooting, then. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I'm making up for lost time by by jumping in with both feet and kind of uh, soaking up as much information as I as I possibly can and, and discarding the things that don't work for me. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of uh, you know, it, it's the same in a lot of hobbies. Some guys are are into it because. Uh, because they're into it and they'll just kind of pick away at it and, and enjoy themselves. And some guys like they're in it to, to be in it. They want to, they want to win or they want to, they want to do the best that they possibly can. And they, and it, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you're really pushing to, to do the best as well. Yeah, I definitely want to do the best that I can. Uh, it kind of, it, it kind of levels the playing field. Um, I mean, I, I did sports growing up and I was never really good at any of that. Uh, not because of the athleticism part, because, you know, I, I only have one hand, so using like a hockey sticker or or something like that, or playing baseball, I, I was never going to make you know the NHL or or the MLB or anything like that. Um, shooting precision rifle really levels the playing field for me uh, because a lot of it's done prone. I can compensate uh, in other ways that uh, put me at sort of like the same level as as you know other competitors. You know, I, I mm-hmm. do I do pretty well. I end up in the top of you know the top quarter of of the competitions that I'm shooting in. Um, obviously I want to do better than that, uh, going forward. And I mean, like I said, I've only been doing this for three years, so I've got plenty of time and plenty of room for improvement. Um, but having, having that level playing field where I'm, I'm able to, to compete with people, um, where my, uh, lack of a hand doesn't really, um, it doesn't really get in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so how long have you been doing the, uh, the blog, amputeeshooter.com? Uh, that's about two and a half years. So. It initially started as 
uh, at the urging of, of, of my, my wife, she, she suggested that I document my process and mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy writing. So I, it seemed natural. I, I kind of did some writing for myself and then kind of threw it out there to some friends to see what they think. And they got, they got some, some decent, um, it was well received by the, by the people that I showed it to. So I kind of mm-hmm. opened it up to the general populace and I've had some, some pretty positive, um, positive feedback from it. Um, I've ended up writing for caliber magazine, uh, here and there photography gigs out of it as well, which is great. So, I mean, it's only been going on for not much longer than I've been shooting precision. So that's it's kind of nice to have it all documented along the way. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm super jealous of your photography because <laughs> your <laughs> photography looks amazing. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't take photography or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a computer guy, but uh, your photography looks amazing, and I'm super jealous of, uh, of the quality of shots you take and the creativity as well. I mean, uh, it's it's not just take, about taking accurate photos. Yours are, are stylistic as well, and I'm super jealous. <laughs> I, def- I, I definitely have a style uh, that I've kind of worked towards. I mean, I I can tell right away one of my own photos. Like, I, I was surfing Facebook today at work, and uh, I there was an ad for... Um, a record label down in the States and a band that I had shot um, mm-hmm. down in Seattle, no, Tacoma um, provided those photos to, to their record label and so they used it in a sponsored ad on Facebook and I was like, well, that's clearly one of my photos. I Sweet. was able to tell quite right away that it was mine. Awesome. Yeah, well, it, it makes it, uh, it makes articles really uh, uh, great to read when the, the A, the text is good and then B, the, the images are super clear and, and easy to see and you can see exactly what's going on, and, and I think that's one thing that you've got going for your articles. Definitely, is that they're they've got some really great photography on them, and uh, it's very unique. That's actually uh, that's actually what got me the uh, um, the article in Caliber was uh, Dan from Caliber got a hold of me, and he's like, "I want you to write uh, write an article on precision reloading, and we would like it if you could provide us with the photos for it as well." So it was um, it was a nice compliment to get that. Mm-hmm. Being offered an art, an article and having creative license over the photos to go with it. Yeah, well, I mean, you deserve it, man. I mean, they they look great, and uh, there's very few people that are that are taking like really good photos with uh, with firearms in Canada here. So, you've uh, you've definitely got that niche uh, nailed down with uh, with what you're doing. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, and and just recently here, weren't you uh, weren't you on TV in in BC? I think I saw you on what was the channel there? CTV. Uh, CTV. Yep. Uh, so I was, a, again, this is the kind of the, the caliber sort of, um, connection here. He, mm-hmm. he put me in touch with, uh, CJ Summers, who's been, uh, making his, making rounds through the, the firearms community. Yeah. Being an advocate for firearms and a positive ad- advocate for firearms. Um, he was responsible for the, uh, 24 hour, um, free newspaper firearm spread that happened, I guess it was about eight months ago, um, with a, a, a number of the local retailers. Um, he, he took a liking to the story that I had to tell and uh, decided to, to, to approach me and um, wanted to work with me on, on getting that story out. Uh, so he shopped it around to a number of media outlets and CTV picked it up, which was awesome. Um, we spent about four hours at the range um, last Friday and you know they sent a, a cameraman and their, their news anchor and we, we talked about my my disability we talked about how i got into shooting we talked about uh the sport in general um it was all it was all very very good uh i had a really really good time with those guys and 
they they seem to really enjoy it. Um, I had I actually had the anchor uh, after we were done shooting um, shooting my AR-15 and hitting clay targets. You know, <laughs> he, he probably hit, had a blast with that, right? He did. Well, he hit a he hit a clay target at 75 meters uh, on his second shot and was super stoked. He, he he didn't think that he actually hit it, but he when he realized he did, he was gave a little yell. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that's that sounds really incredible to me. I mean, getting uh, uh, getting all this positive news coverage for uh, for shooters out there and uh, and for being those uh, those positive positive ambassadors and and getting out there. I mean, you're uh, you're you're definitely doing good work. And uh, I think I can I can speak for all gun owners when we could say we appreciate it because it's 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 I don't know it, it it seems like maybe there's something turning a corner here this this last year or two where we're starting to see more and more positive. Uh, news about uh, Canadian shooters and and Canadian gun owners, and it's it's looking really good, and and, and it feels really good to be uh, finally not just demonized in the media, and and they're actually like taking an, an objective look at, at our hobby, right? Absolutely, I uh, I'm I'm really I'm really happy with all the positive feedback that I'm getting. I mean, I'm just an IT guy. I I shoot at what started as a hobby, and now I'm I'm taking it a bit more seriously. I'm just a, I'm just a a Canadian that likes to shoot guns, and I, I don't really think that there's anything wrong with that, and I don't think that the general populace knows that it's it's okay, you know. Um, honestly, at the end of the day, if I can inspire somebody with or without a disability to get out and try something that they normally wouldn't, or were afraid to, or to seek out information about something that is a bit foreign to them, then I consider that a success. You know, I consider what I write about and what I like to to put forth in, in, in my social media and, and my blog, uh, I consider that a success if I could get somebody to, to, to do something that they, you know, normally wouldn't. Wouldn't normally do. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, you can, you can definitely see it. I mean, ha- have you tried any other, uh, sh- uh, shooting sports or has it primarily been precision? Have you tried like, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess you're shooting AR, right? Yeah. I, I shot the, the action rifle league CQB matches. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. They're, they're pistol and AR. Or pistol and a rifle of um, they've got some some requirements for what you need to shoot with your rifle. I mean, it's got to have a magazine and it needs to be a rifle caliber and it can be you know anything from uh, an XDR or an AR-15 or a Tavor and mm-hmm. 35 meters and less. And that's fun. I haven't been out in a while, unfortunately. It just it hasn't worked out that way that I'm able to get out on a Saturday because my uh, my wife works on Saturday, so I have have the boy with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done a little bit of service rifle, and that's something that I'd like to, to look a little bit further into because I quite enjoy it as well. Um, my shooting partner, Ryan, is he, he's, he's pretty good at encouraging me to go out and try whatever I can, uh, especially service rifle because that's kind of his, his bread and butter. Yeah. Is, is Ryan uh, well-known in the service rifle? No, nobody knows who he is. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty well-known dude. He, uh, he just took home his third uh, national championship uh so that was his third in a row at nscc um which is uh, quite the accomplishment i'm not actually sure that that's been done before i don't know i haven't really looked at the <laughs> annals of, of the uh the nscc uh results um he set a record last year i believe um he's uh he's a pretty accomplished shooter man you're like so you've you've you, you've got the drive and you've got a a shooting partner who's uh who's accomplished and is probably a, a great coach as well, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's an incredible coach. He's it's it's kind of uh, interesting. We touched about this on the um, the CTV interview, but they didn't really air it. But um, 
after we're after shooting with him for uh, I guess two years now, two and a half years, um, you kind of get that sort of uh, sort of relationship where you you are able to directly tell the other person what what you need in the moment, sort of thing at 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 the matches. Um, and practicing together is kind of the same thing. It's really good, like correction corrections uh, on the line, corrections for wind call, that sort of thing are all are all coming very naturally, which is really good. He's a, an incredible teacher, uh, which is very very fortunate of me to have. Awesome. I'm I'm just getting even more jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Not only do you get to go out and shoot, you get to go out and shoot with uh, with one of the best in the business, and uh, and and do that at 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 a, a very competitive level. That's uh, that's incredible. Uh, what yeah, kind I, of? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it's 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 one of those things that I I've, I've found over the years is when you when you surround yourself with people that are better than you, it it just it just works to elevate you. I mean, mm-hmm. you you can take that opportunity to um, either work harder at what you're doing to raise yourself up or or just discard it completely. And I, I generally opt to go for the the working harder to to raise myself up. So I mean, I've got I've got some. Some people that I, I like to, to talk talk with and shoot with that are, are way better than me that I, I have the ability to look up to and, and take tips tips and tricks from to kind of better my shooting. Yeah, I'm I'm super jealous. <laughs> what do you got uh, coming up in 2017? 2017 is going to be my third third trip back to NSCC. Hopefully, um, in the end of August, uh, I'm going to do the BCRA Precision Rifle Championship again. Um, hopefully, sort out the the issues with my rifle. Uh, my wildcat rifle that I was running into, I, I think I've got them. So I'm going to get them out to the get out to the range in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping to maybe secure sponsorship. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they don't really seem to do a lot of that in Canada, but uh, hopefully that changes. Well, there's 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 uh, a couple of sp- like specific manufacturers that are really doing a lot more. Um, I've seen Vortex uh, mentioned quite a few times here in Canada. Um, oh, let's see. Wolverine Supplies has been doing a little bit more sponsorship. Um, I'm trying to think of any others that I've seen. There's probably a lot. I'm just they're just missing uh, missing the top of my mind. But they're they're starting to happen a little bit more. I mean, there's more people getting into uh, competitive shooting in Canada, and uh, all those guys need like good equipment, and and they need to they need to buy it from somewhere. So I think absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think a lot more of those. Uh, you're gonna start seeing more uh, companies. Who are in Canada sponsoring shooters, and more companies who are outside of Canada finally looking at Canada as a as a market that they want to sell into, and uh, and that they want a, a, a representation in because we're a small country, right? We've we've got a tenth the population of the U.S. and uh, there are more shooters in the U.S. relatively, but as we start to ramp up, we're going to start to become a an important enough. Uh, community that they're going to start paying more attention to us and uh, doing sponsorships and that kind of thing, right? I hope so. I mean, it would be good to see uh, as there's so many good shooters in Canada. It would be good to see more sponsorships with the people that are regularly shooting and, and going mm-hmm. out there and representing themselves at matches to have you know other other companies represent them. Yeah. I don't really like to go out and approach companies. I don't like I don't, I don't even I don't even know how to do that. So I I, I don't know. It's it's just something I'm going to have to think about this year and. We'll see. I, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep on keeping on doing what I do and writing about it and taking pictures of it and competing whether or not it happens or not. So, I mean, I'm I'm content doing that. Yeah. Well, not only like uh, sponsorship of shooters, but it'd be good to see some uh, some more sponsorship of matches with those big, big manufacturers where they're 
uh, doing like real awesome prize tables and uh, really cool like uh, uh, stage guns and uh, maybe even some uh, some match winnings and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, that would be really really nice. I think for a lot of that, it's uh, it comes down to um, attendance of the matches. I mean, they're only as good as the people that show up, and mm-hmm. if nobody shows up, then the sponsors for the the events are not really going to want to put any sort of money into it. Um, if if you if you have any sort of inkling to go and shoot a match, just go ahead and do it. I, I always encourage people to go to a match and shoot it. There's no there's no reason not to, and there's so many reasons to do it. Um, everybody that I've met has been so helpful and so friendly and so welcoming. Um, it really paints a, a picture of what what Canadian gun owners and Canadian shooters are like uh, by going out to a match. It's, the camaraderie there is just outstanding. Yeah, I've I've seen the same thing at uh, at three gun matches where you know someone's shotgun goes down and immediately uh, <laughs> someone's putting a sh- another shotgun in their hand saying like here use mine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, I yeah. mean, I, I my rifle actually did go down in the BCRA Precision Rifle Championship. Uh, I I missed I think four relays out of the day, which really you know kick 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 my score down. But mm-hmm. it, it is what it is, and I had offers for people you know. Here, you you want to use my rifle? Go ahead. And it's like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna just I'm gonna sit back and spot. But uh, the offers were there immediately, which was a very very good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's more of that camaraderie and and uh, a bunch of uh, you know uh, just a bunch of gun owners out having a having a good time on a range, whether it's precision or three gun or ipsic or cowboy action or, or whatever the case might be, right? Absolutely. I don't I don't necessarily limit my limit it to to my competitions that I like to do. I think all of the competitions need to be well attended. Um, regardless of, of your discipline, we're still all gun owners. And I, I think the going forward to put a positive spin on all of, all of the Canadian gun owners, we need to be unified when it comes to that. Um, all of the gun owners need to support each other in their disciplines. And it's, it's going to definitely benefit going forward the more that we're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, more people, uh, more people out there shooting, more people out there shooting com- competitively, and getting involved with uh, uh, the different gun rights uh, organizations, and uh, just uh, putting a, a positive face out there for uh, for everyone. It's definitely gonna, uh, you know, uh, I'm in la- landlocked Edmonton here, so forgive me if I get this expression wrong, but a rising tide raises all boats. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's yeah, the that expression, right? <laughs> we don't really yeah, have tides right. here. It's it's and it's it's freezing cold, but <laughs> something like I think, that. I think BC is actually rivaling you right now for how cold it is. Uh, it's it's been pretty bitterly cold here. Yeah. My oh. uh, my fingers were pretty 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 icy at the end of the day last Friday. Yeah, well, it'll just it'll just make everyone appreciate the uh, the summer that much more. Um, yep, so where definitely. where can uh, where can, pe- can people uh, uh, read more about you or, or see your stuff? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Help, happy to give that. It's uh, I've got a, a Facebook page, I've got a blog, and I've got an Instagram that you guys can check out. Uh, so Facebook, if you just search amputee shooter, I'm the only one. Um, you can go to my my blog, which is amputeeshooter.com. So amputee-shooter.com, um, and you can go to my Instagram, which is at amputee shooter. Um, all one word. Awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to thank you again for coming on. This is uh, it's been a real pleasure, and uh, I think you know it's uh, it's a great thing that you're out there and uh, and being again one of those really great ambassadors for uh, for gun owners here in Canada. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
Well, I just wanted to say thank you again to Graham for coming on the show. Thanks, Graham. Mm. Why don't we uh, move on to some listener feedback? Uh, Kelly, did you want to take the first one here from Craig? I certainly will as soon as I get to it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is from Craig N. Hey, guys. I read on CGN that Wolverine is getting in a number of US M14s that are selling as part kits without receivers. What are your opinions on the US version versus the Norenko? And what do you think about buying a a parts kit to put together a rifle like that? Thanks, Craig N. It'll probably be better. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be cheaper. (laughs) No, it won't be cheaper. That's Um, true. Yeah, I think the the biggest plus for the Norinco M14s was that their receivers were in fact superior to the US ones, but these ones are coming without to the, the receivers. Springfield, to the Springfield ones. I think the LRB ones are better. Oh, okay. All right. Then. Yeah. Never mind. Forget everything I just said. But I was just mm. going to say this one doesn't come with a receiver anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's a moot point. Oh, it's just the part kit. Yeah, this is just a part kit. Yeah. Yeah, they're not getting actual oh, sorry. Guns. Yeah. No, I thought they were. Get, no, I, I, I was <laughs> reading uh, somewhere where they. I thought they were getting in the LRB receivers. Hmm. I don't LRB maybe. receiver, which are like a higher quality. You're using yeah. the Google. Using the Google. Uh, no, not that one. <laughs> no, nope, that's an AR-15 receiver. So basically Matthew. the same thing. Hmm. An M14 and an AR-15 are basically the same rifle, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are only mm-hmm. two off, 14 to 16, right? <laughs> M- Wait, one off. Yeah, Wolverine, LRB Arms, M14 rifles and parts now available in Canada, yada, 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 yada. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Well, you could use one of those receivers. Well, I think the Norinco receivers are just fine, so. But I'm not an M14 Uh, expert. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's definitely some positives to them with with regard to being um, forged. Um, So they're they're, they're they're fakes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Dad joke over here I can't help it (laughs) Uh, Yeah No I mean like the um, The the, the parts will probably be of better quality From from the US So I I imagine uh, there's going to be some positives On that side I know that the Narenko rifles There's some positive The the big positive is the price Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't be a bad idea getting some of those part kits to uh, to build them out. Yeah, cool. you'd probably yeah. correct some of the things you'd have to correct on on one you'd buy anyways, right? Just by building it yourself. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'll uh, I'll take the next one here from Sharp ninety seven. Just saying, the Yiddish on the last show had much to be desired. <laughs> I am not an expert, but Trevor needs to work on his pronunciation. Shtick otherwise, thanks for the show. All you guys are great. Uh, not a joke. Trevor, your lack of leg hair is concerning. You should have that looked at. Uh, hope everything is all right. <laughs> I think that's the biggest joke there. Because <laughs> if Trevor's not well, that, that makes me happy. Aw, <laughs> uh, poor Trevor. Look, if, if I can't take comfort in my friend's suffering, what can I take comfort in? That's mm-hmm. true. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. So did Trevor really mispronounce shtick? Or did he just say, like, stick? Uh, it's shtick, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I don't Yiddish? speak Yiddish. No. Yeah. Mm, me neither. Mm. Oh, wow. But that wasn't last week's show anyway. That was the week before because it was the all-girl all show last week. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Matthew, did you want to take the last one from Dan? From Dan. So Dan put together a, uh, uh, what do you call those things? Um, petition. I, I have written here position, and I couldn't think of the right word. <laughs> Dan put together a position regarding, no, a petition. He put together a petition um, regarding the 858 um, debacle. So mm-hmm. the the episode, uh, not last week, but the week before, uh, he something we said made him realize that he had the model numbers mixed up. So he actually pulled that petition and rewrote it and uh, resubmitted it properly. So he just wanted to send some listener feedback saying uh, that he wanted to thank us for the help and support and to give us all one signed petition and a gold star so we can start our list. Sweet! We have a signed petition and a gold star. So thank you to Dan for for starting our list for 2017. We'll see how long it gets. (laughs) Uh Go sign the petition. Yeah. Yeah, and then go sign yep. his petition. Exactly. So shout out to Dan. Good old Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan's man. Dan is uh, all right. <laughs> we didn't get any uh, iTunes reviews? Nope. No. All right. We checked. Well uh Twice. listeners, if yeah. you uh don't want us to be sad, uh yeah. <laughs> fill out one of those uh iTunes reviews, please. You really should. Uh, we're we're broken hearted about this. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. I am. You can you can find iTunes on iTunes, and it's, it's, uh, it's hard to remember. I guess iTunes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Head on over to iTunes and <laughs> give us a five star rating. <laughs> just go on there and Google. No, no, no. Can't Google on there. We're go on there and yeah, search. Yeah, just go, go on to iTunes and Google our name. <laughs> We're at Google. the end of the show, aren't we? This Google is the is... awkward phase. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> that reminds me when uh, when. Um, uh, Matt and I were leaving the range. We just sort of stood around awkwardly for a second before we just got into our vehicles and drove away. I was thinking on the way out, what a perfect ending. <laughs> this is, this is how like we end everything <laughs> awkwardly. awkwardly. <laughs> let's, uh, let's try to keep that going. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right uh, for everyone who has reviewed us, thank you very much. We have 112 reviews from Canada, 30 from the U.S., one Australian, one U.K., one Lithuanian, and one Belgium. I could go Shout for outs. some Belgium waffles. Well, there's a whole ton of them from Trevor, but he's not here, so... So, skip them. Skip them. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some. Well, one, but it's all... Anyways, I just wanted to say uh, hello and thank you and a big shout out to all my new and some of the old friends that uh, I have and met up with along the route to Waco, Texas and back. You guys are amazing. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all the hospitality and yeah, the most epic trip, epic trip ever. So yeah, thank you. Invite us next time. Yeah. You're more than welcome to come. Come on. <laughs> Texas is probably what, like the same distance from here? Probably. Is it from there? It, it probably is. It's probably a little closer for you, actually. You just go straight down. Yeah. She kind of has to angle across a little bit. Absolutely yeah. do. Texas. Yeah. I'll fly over in my little plane and we'll go down together, Adriel. It should only take us about three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get, uh, we'll get a whole bunch of extra gas cans and just we'll just into the wings. Out, the, out the window. And, yep. Yeah. No, there's no windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it'd be cold right now, wouldn't it? Uh, probably would be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just wear snow suits. Yeah. All right. Patreon supporters. Uh, we have no new Patreon supporters, but uh, our current ones are Josh D, Andrew Y, Morgan S, Patrick G, 
Daniel S., another Patrick G., Howard T., Brian B., Dave J., Michael B., Clayton G., Robert K. Oh, now you're messing with it while I'm trying to read? Come on! (laughs) Colin H., Dave Z., Mr. Uzi, a.k.a. Thomas B., Jason P., Dalton H., Jonathan S., Tyler A., Richard D., Rob B., Thomas S., Chad G., Kevin L., Ryan B., Adrian R., Mike R., Mark P., Justin D., Miss Stacy, Spencer C., Byron A., and James B. We need to make be getting an email or a poem from the... or something about this. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, requires creativity. Nah, it's not mm. Yeah, we don't have that. No, it's not going to mm. Never mind. Scratch right. that. Yeah. How about instead we send out some patches and stickers to all those fine folks? Awesome. That's a great idea. There we go. Perfect. Okay, so you guys are get it, going to be getting an email from us that's uh, going to be asking for some mailing addresses. So we can and send if you don't get an you. email from us, check your spam folders or email us. Yes, right. Because we want to make sure you all get what you get. Y'all. You yeah, I'm starting y'all. to pick up your lingo there, Kelly. <laughs> Rubbing off. Hey. Uh. <laughs> coming back. All right. Got to keep coming back. Can you Please say join. y'all in A in the same sentence? Is that even allowed? See y'all later, eh? Oh, yeah, like maybe it's uh, towards the end. Let's do that. All right. Okay. Yeah. And a boot. <laughs> gotta go uh, boot. Okay, we'll all throw one of those in there. Please join one of our one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. Uh, get out there and get shooting Ipsic. Shoot a three gun match at a local club. Uh, bust some sporting clays. Get out hunting. Blast some long range after F. Class targets. Uh, check us out on GOC. That's the Gun Owners of Canada. We've got a forum over there. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1,613 likes. And uh, keep sending in those emails with gold stars and such. Hmm. Now, do we want to do the Waco, Texas goodbye with Canada and that kind of thing? Yeah. Eh? Y'all, y'all come back now, you hear? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. You got it in the first take. That's amazing. Hardly ever happens. That's because Trevor's not here. <laughs> I miss you, Trevor. Well, Kelly and Adriel do. <laughs> Come on. Oh, okay, fine. I yeah. All right. Good night. Good night. Right. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. Time to get a gun